Scott and Liam versus Evil. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scott and Liam versus Evil. And I bet you cannot believe that we've actually come back in good time as well. One week between each episode. That's fantastic. We're really getting this in the bag. Um, let's see how long that lasts. What, um, it will literally last this week and that'll be it. <laughs> yeah. what, uh, what episode are we doing for this week, Liam? I believe it is your pick. This is episode 76 and it is my pick and it is the movie from 2013 called Mr. Jones. And it's not the Counting Crows song. It's not the Counting Crows song. And do you know what? For the past like two weeks when we've had this planned... In the back of my head, I'd be like, we're definitely going to finish with the Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. Like, we have yeah. to. It's. I would actually prefer that if this movie was just the uh, Counting Crows song on repeat for like an hour and a half. This is before we reveal that you've actually probably fell asleep 20 minutes in and don't remember any of the movie, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Mr. Jones is from 2013, directed by Carol Mueller, who is not the man who invented Mueller-Rice, because it's a different spelling. Uh, It'd be a lot cooler if he did. <laughs> a lot. Co- did you rhyme cooler with Muller, or is that just? Is oh, that it just happened? Yeah, I was just been doing my Matthew McConaughey again. <laughs> it stars John Foster, Sarah Jones, Mark Steger, a few other folk that I had never heard of. Is that a coincidence that the actress is called Jones? Do you think? Yeah, I think that's a coincidence. Okay. It'd be really weird if they named the entire film just after one character's second name. Uh, so the synopsis is a young couple moves to the woods and soon finds their nightmares and reality colliding. I just hung this thing in the front window of the gallery and it stopped traffic. Nobody knew who he was, and nobody still knows. We are out of phone range. We're gonna be fine. Well, look where we are. Whoa! Hey, I was thinking you and I could start a nudist colony here. What do you think? Sign me up. There's another one. I'm standing right next to Mr. Jones's scarecrow. I'm just gonna go in there for like two seconds. I'm gonna come right back. Who do you think you're dealing with? Do you think this is like a painter or something? Like, I know you guys think you're telling like a fun little story, but you need to stop. Whoa, this place is huge. Oh my God, Scott Jones is here, Scott. Penny, can you hear me? Get out of that house. Oh Mr. Jones. Get back inside. Go. Run. This was your first watch, eh, Mr. Jones. 
No, I think I actually think this was my second watch because I believe we we planned to do it a while ago, like a long time ago. Either that, or you just told me about it and told me it was good, and I fell for it twice. <laughs> it's not about falling for it. Like I'm being deadly when I picked it. I picked it because I thought this is good. Scotland enjoy it because the other movie Scott likes. It wasn't a wind up. Well, yeah, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> See, yes. actually, the synopsis for it, you just read out, the synopsis sounds like a movie I would really like, to be fair. The, the synopsis and everything about the movie seems like a movie that you would really like. No. But before we get started, just what's your favourite horror movie again? Uh, or one Bl- of? Blair Witch Project. Yeah, right, okay, right, let's go on, Mr Jones. <laughs> it's not, it's nothing even close to the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> right. Let's let's talk about the movie right. and we'll see just how similar it is to the Blair Witch Project. Apart from the fact that this is actually good. Right, I take to you when I watched this film for these notes. I watched this film on I downloaded it on my iPad and watched it on the plane on the way to Mexico from my honeymoon. So if staying in a plane, like being awake and bored on a plane isn't already bad enough, I had to sit through and watch this this movie. But my first note is I'm already happy this isn't in black and white. <laughs> because you did, oh, you expected me to pick a black and white one then. Yeah. To be honest, I actually forgot that that's what I was meant to be doing, otherwise I would have picked a black and white one. Which actually kind of contradicts myself when I say that one of my favourite films is Blue Witch Project, which is half black and white, but that's besides the and point. And oh, the fact that you don't like this contradicts the fact that you think Blue Witch is one of your favourite films because the movie's the exact same as fucking Blue Witch Project. Absolutely not. <laughs> it totally is. Uh, so yeah, let's just dive straight into your notes. Okay. Uh, well, my first note is uh, he's the, the guy must claim that he's not going to brush his teeth the entire trip. So he's just got to eat a lot of apples, is he? <laughs> Do you know, watching it back for this, I heard that apple bit. <laughs> and I just knew you were going to say that. I just <laughs> knew you were going to bring up your weird fucking <laughs> apples brush teeth just the same as a toothbrush and toothpaste. It totally, it totally works, it really does. The skin and then the, the coarseness of the apple, it, it rubs the plaque off your teeth. The acidity keeps your mouth fresh. And have you brushed your teeth like a normal human since we last talked about this or have you yeah, actually I, held I, it up and only brush it with an apple I brush my teeth like a very intense superhuman with my interdental brushes and my also brushing and then my uh, mouth and throat cleansing I also um, just ate apples to brush my teeth when I was at festivals because who the fuck wants to do normal stuff when you're at a festival you literally live like a hobo for a week it's great what the fuck is inter- interdental cleaning it's like flossing but better alright I take it the throat cleaning is just to get all that spunk out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, uh, my, my note, right, so one of my first notes is, is that the guy from Cloverfield? Uh, pff, I think, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't I IMDB him on the, on the plane because I was in airplane mode. Uh, but, let me just check. I'm... Ch- Checking right now, and no, it is not the guy from Cloverfield. One million percent. I don't believe you. It was gas station cashier in Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. And he was in Stay Alive, that one with the... Oh, so he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Frankie Muniz. Yeah. I like Stay Alive. Have you done that as an episode? We've not. Ah, we should do it in an episode. I like that film. Um, right, I saw you, you right, so the guy. You can make it your pick then because that movie's dated as fuck. <laughs> because it's like fucking Windows 95 Doom graphics. 
in a video game. It just it doesn't hold up at all. But we can do it. Can't wait yeah. for that one. Yeah. <laughs> right. So my first main note is this. I'm going to this film fully blind. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, they've just arrived at a country house. And uh, air quotes, he can't wait to shoot this thing. Though I think that's with a camera and not a gun. Just, well, just so you know. I think the, the, the thing that gave it away was probably the fact that he had a camera yeah. and not a gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a creepy silhouette already walking behind him. It's not scary though, so I wonder if that's Mr. Jones. So you didn't... Th- I thought those scenes were actually quite quite creepy. It, it was done in a way that although the shadow walks in the background, obviously it doesn't, it doesn't do what some other horror movies do where it kind of weirdly zooms in or, or really makes a big point of that shadow being in the background it's just there as he's talking i think that i think there's something in that that's quite quite well done no i'm all for, i'm all for the um the, the scenes like that like as if we can see something in the background maybe we're not supposed to see or if you catch it then you're lucky enough to see it but i also feel that the way that this film is is filmed and acted that it it doesn't feel real do you know what I mean? Supposed to, see, if it, see if it felt fully real, like it, we were watching two people getting lot of like having this is their found footage almost, and watching it back, you've seen these people creep out in them, and like they didn't even realise it. But like that is actually pretty creepy. But see, it didn't feel like real. It still it felt fake, like the way that a, a movie is. You know what I mean? You know a movie's not real. That's what it felt like. Right. Okay. Um. So the plan to stay out in the the desert, or the it's not even the woods, is it? What is it? Just like in the middle of nowhere for a whole year, just the two of the, two of them in the woods, no other people. They must be like, uh, they must be driving, I don't know, what the hell, are they supposed to stay, they're supposed to be like, what are they supposed to be, fully self-sufficient or something? Because they must be driving to shops and that for food, so they'll have to have some interaction. Uh, I don't think they actually explain it. It, it, doesn't, not, it, it doesn't explain it. They're not far enough away that they can't just go to the shops, because obviously later on he just jumps in a train. Uh, so they don't actually mention that, maybe the house is just fully fucking shit maybe it's like your cupboards your prepping cupboards yeah well maybe maybe, maybe. i like that one so what is it they're actually supposed to be living in the middle of nowhere to make a nature documentary is that correct th- that's what they tell you but he does then talk about how he's not like, he's not took his tablets and i think it's there a way to is some sort of kind of rehab for him right. i think that he's there's something up with him that you don't really ever know but I think that's why they're away, like maybe come away from it all, calm down, get the kind of romance and the relationship back and get him off of whatever the, the, the painkillers or whatever the prescription he's taking is. Right. Okay. Um, there's a scene where birds fly out in the house. So it's yep. kind of scary, but not overly scary, so I'm still not drawn in. And yet. Uh, but I want to tell you a story about the... Uh, about a patient holiday I once went on, right? I don't know if I've told this in the podcast before. I don't even know if I've told you before. But we used to, an old thing we used to do at work was we used to take the patients away for three or four days every kind of spring. And we'd always rent big, massive cottages in the middle of nowhere because we needed to be, like, not... Basically, it was it was easier to look after the patients if there was, like, no one, no public about... Does that make sense? Like, you couldn't go to a hotel yeah. because we're all spread about different rooms. It'd be difficult to keep an eye on them and, and look after them. So we'd rent a big, massive cottage tend to be in the middle of nowhere and then we would drive into the towns or whatever and go for whatever we've ever done. Anyway, we're in this one cottage and at middle of night, at the back of 11, say it was pitch black and then they had this phone in the hallway just started ringing and we'd answer it and it'd be silent. Nobody's answering, I had to put the phone down. 
and like you're looking out and it's just black and like way way in the distance you can see the dotted wee lights of other farmhouses out in the middle of like this countryside you're back in the, the kitchen it's just the staff that's up at this point the patients are all in bed phone rings again like okay this is starting to get a wee bit creepy and this happened like four or five times and there was a couple of times you could, there was definitely someone on the phone it wasn't like a dodgy line there was someone on the phone and they never spoke a word and that terrified the absolute shit out of me See on the like the Airbnb for that house though. Does it say it's haunted? Is that, like, maybe, <laughs> is that maybe the owner? Yeah, trying to get like a fucking five star review by yeah. phoning you up and doing creepy things. It's a selling point. Well, it would be because would you go back and stay there? I would go back to see what's happening again. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. They've got you in. <laughs> so <laughs> if you have an Airbnb, just phone people in the middle of the night and make them all think it's haunted, and they'll all want to come back and bring pals. People would definitely do that. That's the thing. I don't know why there's not so a lot more like haunted hotels, like creepy looking hotels and creepy looking cottages out in the middle of the woods. Because people would, I would, I would pay to stay in them. So people would pay to stay in them. Yeah, definitely. But the place to be fancy uh, and nice finishings and hot tubs and all that. You want ghosts? Give me a ghost and a story about somebody getting murdered. <laughs> I'm in. There's a website in America. I can't. I, I don't even. Yeah, if I guessed the name, I'd be, I would be guessing. Uh, where you can type in like your address or a street address, and it tells you like, all the shit that's happened in that house or like really? nearby. So you could, you know, that maybe somebody's been murdered at your neighbour's address like fucking forty years ago. Wow. Which is pretty cool, but I take it you need to live in quite an old place for that to work. All like your new wimpy and bad estates probably don't have all those ghosts. Yeah, and, and if and if they do, they they don't. The the crime hasn't been committed. Yeah. Although, remember yeah. that woman that was murdered, like, over the back fence for me? Yeah, so there you go. You would yeah. be in a hot spot. Yeah. Right, so they, they go out for a walk, I think, in the in the middle of the desert, and they come across this house, but they act as if they're, like, they act as if it's so weird. Like, why the hell is it so weird that there's a house there? They're living in a house. They're literally living in a house. Why is it so weird that there would be another house? Maybe the Airbnb guy sold them it as totally isolated, nothing around you at all for miles. Mm. And then a house appeared. Airbnbs, man. <laughs> Liars. Um, <laughs> just, just, just. Uh, Daniel Fibudov passes a liar after my experience with my brother's stag do. Everybody else is alright so far. I, uh, I've never, I've never had a line uh, Airbnb owner apart from one woman in Boston said you could have the the kind of rooftop area. So it's like to chill out under the stars, but then as soon as we got there, it was like, oh no, the rooftop bit's closed for a leak. It's like, yeah, okay. And then we read some reviews and it turned out the rooftop thing had been closed for like two years. See? So she was a fucking liar. Lying bastards. Why was the Budapest guy a liar? Um, he told, he, he said that the first place we booked was a, had a, a burst pipe, so we had to move us to the second place, which was one level below crack then. Me and Mark yeah, <laughs> slept on literally like crash mats like, like thin thin gymnastic mats as a, as a mattress for the first night and they, they sold it to say there was a, a sauna but the sauna didn't work and oh, if you look right. at the reviews as well the same as your rooftop uh, place the sauna has never worked <laughs> so, <laughs> liar uh, so basically they then they go into this house so they break in and breaking and entering so by uh, your logic that is now officially their fault however the creepy shadow guy has been in his bag and what's the technicality here is the guy stole his keys so is it their so fault for going in first or it's they... still their their fault for going in first because he didn't go in looking for his keys ah yes okay if he went in looking for his keys then Mr Jones started it Mr Jones did start it but 
the other folk would have broken anyway if they seen the house. So it's still it's still their fault. So they go in. I think if they're in the house or if they're in an old abandoned shed, but basically they're like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, this, this, this is what it is. It's an old abandoned shed. What does it look like? It makes me think of what Alistair Crowley's house was like, but with no roof in that. Yeah. All burnt out. Yeah. You've been there, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. We, we, I say we broke in. We didn't break in. There was, there was like a security fence all around it and somebody else had pushed it down. So we just <laughs> stepped in. It was quite cool for pictures. And it, it felt creepy, but it was more that I think in my head I just wanted it to be creepy as opposed to anything there was actually scary. It was would, it have just... been, would it have been creepy if you were there at night? Yeah, but I think if you're in any abandoned building or burnt out building at night, it'd be scary. Yeah, if you just see if you start telling yourselves creepy stories, anything's scary at night. Yeah. Was there a, is, there, is it true that there's a, a kind of plinth in the middle that's got a magic book on it that doesn't burn? Uh, I think that was meant to be like after the fire, so the family that own it off took it down now because they used it as an actual holiday home. Alright. Uh, yeah, the magic book would have been years and years and years before that. Right. Hmm. <laughs> Alright. But you could argue that the, the magic air is still in the, in the air. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, you wanted, if you wanted to argue about magic air, <laughs> then yes, you could. <laughs> Right, so um, I think that the the girlfriend finds out that uh, Mr. Jones has stolen the keys, or we're just assuming it's Mr. Jones at this point, but it's pretty pretty self-explanatory. Um, <laughs> if she calls him an idiot for leaving the keys in the backpack, but that's a perfectly normal place to put them when you're not planning on driving for a while. I think. Yeah. No point keeping yeah, them in your pocket if you're not going to use them. Yeah, 100%. Right, they go into the basement, and they find all this stuff in the basement, right? And she didn't want to go in the house when she thought it was just a squatter's house, but when she finds out it's a full-on devil-worshipping cult basement, she's she wants to take the full tour. She's, but she is bonkers. I, but, it, to be honest, I think it would take like a really weird person not to want to investigate. If you go to a house and there's like, these big, mad, fucking creepy scarecrows and stuff that are obviously hand-built, you want to investigate, you want to know what the hell is going on, whether it's scary or not. I don't know. I, I think that um, I think that would keep the fuck at me, and I would be just like, I need to get out of here. But then forever you would think, oh shit! I wonder if it was actually in that house. I don't know. I'd I'd be like I'd I'd get that weird sensation and want to shake myself, and I'd be like, I need to get I need to get, get gone. <laughs> you could just sit. Well, you're in the desert, so you could just sit down, and have a shake, and then go back in. <laughs> go back in, see it. Again, get rid the, of that, uh, and then go wander. Uh, the, the characters uh, say we just broke into this guy's house so they do have awareness of their actions which is something that's not seems to be the case when you get these breaking in movies yeah at least they at least they know they've caused us the bastards yeah <laughs> so it, it moves on my next note is about um, people getting a package from Mr Jones in the post now I don't know if they I don't think our main characters get the package but he does go interviewing um, as he went out off to interview the people is this what he's done yet I, he's, he, he started out wanting to film a nature documentary they've then came across this so she recognises it as Mr Jones was like a kind of Banksy type character yeah. that he was quite big in the art world so she's decided to stay and sent him to New York to interview all the folk for his documentary which is, is weird because it's his documentary so you think they would film everything there and then go to New York as opposed to letting her film the good juicy bits yeah you, yeah, you can edit it together you don't need to you don't need to film it as it's supposed to happen you know yeah. for the, for the benefit only, 
for the benefit of us watching a, a narrative movie. Yeah, he only had one camera as well, so it doesn't really explain then how she's got the camera in the desert while he's filming in New York, unless he went and got another camera, but they don't state that, and you have to state that. Yeah, because we get to see him jump back on the train, so you would assume that he always had a second camera. There was, there's no there's no, there's no, no missing footage, is there? No, no, nothing at all. Yeah, well, there's, there's a plot hole right there for you, Mr. Jones. <laughs> now, what would you do if you got a Mr. Jones package in the post? Would you think it would be any better or worse than getting a Baz package? Uh, better in the way that I understand the Mr. Jones package is creepy, but I don't fear that I'm going to get raped. <laughs> Whereas the Baz package, every time it comes in, I'm like, he's going to be in my house one night. He's <laughs> going to be, he, he is going to creep about watching me in the dark. Yeah. With, with, with the Baz, there's always the fear of the implication, isn't there? <laughs> but it's okay. But that, by the time this episode goes out, I think <laughs> Baz will have got the package that we sent him. So literally, the package that we sent him. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure this is all happening on Facebook as we speak. <laughs> right, I've got a question, okay? Where does uh, Dr. Dr. Jones get his food and supplies from? Does he go into town and get that? Does he go into uh, town and the, and the uh, secret shadow man get up? Dr. Jones is the main character from like a 90s Aqua video <laughs> and song. <laughs> Mr. Jones, sorry. Uh, I don't know where Mr. Jones is and stuff. Is Mr. Jones even a human? Is Mr. Jones just like a demon? Maybe he doesn't need to eat or go for shopping or go to the cinema or hang about with his pals. Ah. Is Mr. Jones even real? Are they in the desert because this is like a purgatory type thing? Mm, no, yes, they are because he comes out of it and goes back to New York, so they are. Also, it doesn't go to New York because where the fuck's a desert close to New York? There isn't one. Uh, I don't know. It's definitely New York. It goes back to yeah. Well, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a commute. It's like three or four hours away, apparently, on the train. Mm. Could be longer than that. So you probably there there might be some sort of wilderness like between New York and California. <laughs> some of the dark scenes uh, at night now that the girl's been left in the uh, she's been left in the woods and she's kind of going around taking pictures of these scarecrows at night and stuff and some of these scenes are reminiscent of Blue Witch Project so I get you, you think that I would be on board with this movie but um, yeah I think it's obviously the way it's a handheld movie is the same as Blue Witch the a lot of the way it's filmed is the same as Blair Witch but within the first 10 minutes in Mr Jones I think there's more of a more of a narrative and more to keep you interested than the entire duration of uh, Blair Witch Project Right well I'll read my next couple of notes to you you know what I really can't find anything worthwhile in this movie yet and I'm halfway in it better be like a slow burn with one hell of a payoff ending or it's shaping up to be my lowest scoring yet. I'm an hour and a half into a 10 hour flight to Mexico right now and I'd rather switch this off and stay at the back of the seat in front of me than continue this movie. But I'll soldier on for you and for the listeners. It's what I do. Uh, right, maybe it's where you watched it because I don't understand how you can be so against this. Like, sometimes there's movies that are fucking awful. Lindsay Lohan, I know who killed me. And there's other movies like Demon Wind where I can understand how somebody maybe hates and I can understand why somebody like myself fucking loves but this I don't see what's so what's so bad about it to give you 
the possible low score. Well, I think the girl's acting is terrible for a start, and she pronounces Scott really, really badly. It annoys me every time she says it. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I also, I also just don't care about the characters at all. Like, there's a scene around about here where where he's begging for her to hear her, and he's like, begging for her to hear you isn't going to make your walkie-talkie work. But you don't need to... I don't care about them because they broke into his house. They started this. So I don't give a fuck about the two characters. But I care about Mr Jones because he was just doing his own thing. And it's quite interesting because why is he sending these packages? So I'm intrigued and interested to find out more about Mr Jones. Which keeps me involved to the end of the film. I don't... I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not in it at all. Like, I've got... My next note is... a. Uh, I did not like the small disjointed montage when they left the car and ran back to the house. Uh, so the, this, the two of them must be back in the house now. They're fear to do- uh, sorry, Mr. Jones. They're waiting for light before they, they uh, air quotes, run. I was like, what, what to do what? And I was like, and the next thing it just says, get naked and bang. So I don't know, did they get naked and bang? Or is that, is that me just... I just... think they did get naked and bang, yeah. Hey, I mean, it can't be that fear to Dr. Jones. <laughs> uh, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Stop giving him a fucking PhD. <laughs> Uh, I think it's you would wait to light to run because Master Jones is he's freaking them out and he's like messing with things and it all happens in the dark although you see him in the camera in the daylight they, they're not getting kind of mentally affected during the day so you would probably choose then to run and if you're to be honest if that's how your missus looked and you were in a lodge in the middle of nowhere and you weren't leaving to the morning what else is you going to do if you sit up doing nothing you're going to think about Mr Jones you're going to be terrified why not why not just bang her I know I can I can understand that I can get on board with that um, <laughs> so see when it's dark as well I can't see what's going on it's too dark but then our, our, our favourite thing there's good VHS static line static warp lines on his digital camera yeah, I did, I, I did, again, I did know you would point that out. Yeah. I thought, right, that, there's one one flaw that he might point out. Uh, no, wait, then a couple of scenes later, he has warp lines on his Mac computer, so that's that's twice. Same flaw, but tw- they do it twice. Yeah, okay. I, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah. Right, I guess in real life, Endless Night would be terrifying. Because it's obviously some kind of supernatural stuff happening now that it's not the sun's not coming back up. They're stuck in darkness, which is kind of creepy. But she's, uh, she, she went and washed her hair. This must have been relevant because this is what I wrote down. She's washed her hair. Uh, I, d- I don't remember if she washes her hair. <laughs> I don't think it was a pivotal, a pivotal, no. a pivotal plot point for me. So no, I don't know. Like, so where are you at now? What I've got next is uh, some sort of devil trying to get in the house. Ah, a devil version of himself. I right. see this. I think. When you say it's too dark, this, the dark scenes are dark, but I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as it will have looked in a tiny aeroplane TV. I think you need to maybe watch those scenes on a bigger TV with the kind of a proper brightness level and actually see more because well, I had a my iPad, iPad screens. My iPad uh, with the brightness up full bung. I, my, 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 still, iPad's probably about the same size as an airplane TV to be fair maybe a bit bigger I, I, I'd still say there's not enough yeah, contrast to see what's happening there's, there's too much black when you're watching it on a small screen yeah that's science oh yeah that, it's science science um, this movie is very indie 
very cheap, and I wouldn't be surprised if the actors aren't heavily involved in creating this movie. And I do not know if they were. Well, obviously not if John Foster's in movies like Stay Alive. <laughs> <laughs> he's too big an actor to be involved in little independent but then she's She's also called Jones, so she's maybe like banging the director or the writer. I don't think the director or the writer were called Mr. Jones. <laughs> no, but the, the actress was. I but... I'll write, uh, she's like, hey baby, I'll write you a movie. I'll write you a movie, baby. She... She was also in the TV uh, series on Fox Alcatraz. She was in Vegas. Uh, what on holiday? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> she played. She played. Oh, she was in Sons of Anarchy. I don't remember. Uh, Paul Isabel. I don't remember who. Bar Blinker is, number one. No, Paul Isabel. She Paul also Isabel. Ugly Betty, Judge and Amy, Cold Case. So she's in a lot of TV stuff. Mm. It doesn't say on IMDb whether she was buying Carol Miller or not, but no. I highly doubt it. I think no. she's just a very good actress, Scott. Okay. <laughs> um, he says at the start of the movie, I don't know if you remember this, he says at the start, I'm not really sure what this movie's about. I'm like, yeah, you and me both, mate. <laughs> right, but at the start, he was wanting to film a nature documentary, but didn't really know what he was going to focus on. And then the Mr. Jones thing happened, so... <laughs> That, that that's explained well <laughs> okay now uh, that's me pretty much at the end of my notes I've got my final summation but if, if you get in I feel as if we've just rattled through that now this is an hour and a half movie but in my memory in my notes there's that's literally like nothing happened I think this I is a, 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 a god awful film it was bored me to tears I don't get how nothing happened there's a full like fucking 40 minutes where there in like a cave underneath the house and it's he can't get out and it's just going back and forward and it's it is like a nightmare like it, they keep taking turns at knowing what's going on and having their wits about them and then totally losing their fucking mind and seeing themselves and all this shit easy for a good solid 40 minutes I don't understand how you think nothing happened I, don't, I just didn't get that when I was watching it I didn't I didn't feel that at all I just felt they were just went into the woods and then they're like oh my god this guy's made a couple of scarecrows and he stole my keys and then they... it, it, it goes down under the house and he sees like this kind of shrine scarecrow with the flames while she's outside the house filming. In fact, she's filming. They do have two cameras. So that flawed point I pointed at the first isn't actually flawed. So gets an extra point. But she's outside the house. She's outside Mr. Jones' house filming and she's on the walkie-talkie just to alert him if Mr. Jones comes back. He then can't get out of this kind of underground cave. Everywhere he goes is blocked. And it's like, it's the kind of maze thing. It's fucking with his head. And then he goes into the shrine again and he's kind of touching things. Mr. Jones comes back and she's telling him on the walkie-talkie, oh, he's here, he's here. But he's hearing fucking nothing. So you've got the two scenes jumping back and forth to her trying to warn him. As Mr. Jones then kind of clocks her and starts walking towards her. And he's down there, can't get out, can't hear a thing, and it ups the tension quite well. That alone is more than anything interesting that happens in Blair Witch Project. I don't know because I didn't, I didn't get or feel any of that. Whereas in Blair Witch Project, I fully felt that the three people were lost in the woods. Like even before it was, there was any kind of supernatural element to it. 
I felt like they, they were genuinely lost in the woods and that enough was terrifying. Like just being genuinely lost, like it happens to people all the time. And that's that's scary enough. But in the, the movie, because it felt like obviously in Blair Witch, it was a, it was a different kind of, a different way. Okay, the three of them were actors, but they weren't like professional actors, like fully massive or anything like that. They were just given rough guidance points and told this is what you're supposed to be doing and feeling. You are you are lost, and they, they kind of mess with their heads. The, the the producers mess with their heads, so they were getting a bit like grumpy and tired and and hungry and and felt like they might be lost. So it felt more real, even though the dialogue's kind of boring in terms of. The real dialogue's boring, you know what I mean? Like, movies are, are cut down to be the only important parts they want you to hear, it, and, it, and it feels like it flows more evenly. Nobody makes mistakes and nobody stutters, but in real life, real life, chat's boring. Chat is crap. Do you know what I mean? It's like the, it's like the, um, it's like the quote that I want to get tattooed on in the Stephen King quote. It's like, uh, you know, Bobby didn't like the world much after a really good movie in any case. For a little while, it felt like an unfair joke. Full of people with dull eyes, small plans, and facial blemishes. Sometimes thought if the world had a plot, it would be so much better. Because the world doesn't have a plot. People are born. Life is born. And Mr. Jones is born. I, I, I think you've got too much faith in Blair Witch. You, you believe that the directors are messing with them and stuff. See if you're an actress and an actor and you get put in the woods and the director doesn't tell you what to do and you think you're generally lost. You're not going back to your hotel room and getting up the next day and going back and filming. That's okay, all you, fucking you, hype. If you've never seen, like, you know, you just look at the porn industry, how many fucking lassies get absolutely ravaged and they just, they, they think, no, it's fine, that was great, I had a great time. Take their, yeah, take their 50 that, bucks and go away and go back for the next day. But they're doing that for, like, for money. If you're an actor and somebody's just making you lost in the woods, you're going to be like, this isn't acting, this is, this is bordering on, like, fucking PG snuff. But they keep coming back. But you don't. And Blair Witch, apart from that last scene, not nothing else of note happens. Whereas this, I think, is done really well for a while. You, it's like a fever dream. You feel that. Well, what the, what is real here and what is not? And that already gives me more feels and more thoughts than what the Blair Witch did when I first seen it at like fucking twelve. I don't know. I think. I can hear that you've obviously got some fond feelings for Mr. Jones, and maybe I'll go back and revisit it. But I really, I really don't believe I enjoyed it when I watched it. And and I did say like at the time, it's a couple of my notes in there about how I, I was getting maybe blind and I didn't know anything about it. But I'm sh- I'm one hundred percent positive you've made me watch this twice. Uh, so I don't know if we were going to pick it a while ago or if you just recommended it to me. But I just don't. I think both times I just was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. I think you went into this movie literally blind. I think you went into this movie <laughs> not wearing your glasses. I think you went into this movie and didn't actually watch any of it. I don't know. I just felt as if there wasn't enough given about Mr. Jones, who he was, or what his intentions were, or you know what would happen to them if he was going to try and kill them, or you know what you know what was the whole point. You know, maybe but I don't. What was given about the Blair Witch? What was the Blair Witch going to do if she caught them? She's got to kill them. She's got to put one in the corner where she killed the other one. She didn't like them to watch each other. So that that's how she's going to kill them. Yes. I'd but. say it's way more interesting that this thing that you don't even know if it's a, if he's a man, if he's a demon, whatever it is. I think it's way scarier just knowing that he is there. He's trying to get them, or he's fucking with her head. You don't need to know what the actual full outcome's going to be. He's messing with her head. That's enough. So. If, he, if he's capable of doing that, he's capable of doing anything. 
If they tell you the Blair Witch, oh, she's going to put you in the corner. Oh, fuck. It's going to be dirty <laughs> dancing all over again. <laughs> I wish she's going to kill you, though. I bet. Fuck it. Just, it's just a threat of, I'm going to kill you. It's no, nowhere near as scary as, I'm going to mess your head and toy you for days. Days. And then eventually you'll die, but you're not going to, I'm just going to kill you. It's going to be something creative. That, that's way more scary than, by the way, I'm going to kill you at some point. <laughs> I don't find that. I, I don't find that threat scary. I know that, that's actually. Do you know what? That, that second threat was actually a lot more scary than your first one, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> then you don't know when it's coming. But also, if you if you tie in the the new Blair Witch uh, movie, then you also have um, the, the the lore and stuff that they added in there about how uh, time is on a loop or it, it doesn't exist anymore when when the Blair Witch has got you, when the the woods have got you, because the people. You know, in that one, you're watching your main characters kick about. You think they've kicked about for a couple of hours, but two of the other characters who split off into the woods away come back, and they've been like, ah, "We've been, we've been here for months." You know, so time See, is completely irrelevant. You've lost already by uh, referencing the newer Blair Witch and trying to get any <laughs> any points from that. Anything that they add into that movie is null and void because it didn't happen in the original Blair Witch, which is what I'm comparing this to, and also the remake was shit. <laughs> I liked it. Ali's Mr. Jones. <laughs> Give us your final summation. <laughs> but I think I think you should watch it when you have time on a bigger screen and then see if I can get you to watch it for a third time. I win. And also, <laughs> yeah, you can then fully hate it and I I, I won't I won't yeah, criticize you for it. Okay, I will give you my final summation and I don't think you're gonna like it. <laughs> uh that was garbage. Full on rubbish. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever watch that one again. <laughs> I didn't think there was a good overall story, and the payoff was almost non-existent. Just some crappy camera tricks and a strobe light. I could do a better job. One and a half wasted hours out of ten. Right. So, I want to see your better job. <laughs> uh, this time next week, I want you to bring your version of Mister Jones. See how much better you can do. Because I, I think the tension in it is actually really well done for a wee indie horror it's not the, it, by not by a long shot is it the best movie but I think it's better than Blair Witch I think it's more enjoyable I think I took a lot more from it and it, it's an interesting watch if you've not seen it I think it's definitely worth watching on an actual screen that's bigger than fucking 12 inch uh, and I think it's a very good film I would have to give it uh, seven. Out of seven. A seven. I was going to give it a six, but I think six makes makes it sound like I don't like it. Whereas it, no, do you know what? Six. I still think it's a really good movie. It's not the best by far, but it's still an enjoyable watch. And if you've not got a lot to do with your time, it's worth it. It's not one that you're going to want to show everyone and want to tell everyone about for years to come but I think it's still a very strong film seven six 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 and a half six and a half <laughs> you sure? yeah six and a half <laughs> yeah I'm just glad that that's, that's that one finished did you give it a rating? yeah one and a half one and a half oh literally yeah. my lowest rating ever which is fucking nonsense so you gave that Lindsay Lohan movie more than one and a half I must have done, yeah. <laughs> that is, that is. I think I probably gave it like oh, a six or a seven. <laughs> that is fucking perverted. 
That, that is awful. Do you know what? In fact, do you know what that's like? This weird news story that I found. They <laughs> <laughs> say. Uh, apparently, and this only happened on the 18th of October. Uh, uh, I, what I'll do is I'll read the first article and then I did a bit more research, mm-hmm. so I'll then go into uh, in more detail. So, police in California are investigating a report that a high school student mixed the cremated ashes of a grandparent into a batch of homemade cookies and shared them with her classmates. Two students are thought to have been involved in the baking of the sandy textured biscuits. The name of the grandparent was not sandy textured, <laughs> uh, which were sampled by at least nine youngsters at the Da Vinci Charter Academy just west of Sacramento. Nobody has suffered any ill effects and cremated human remains are not poisonous, although Davis Police Lieutenant Paul Doroshov told the Sacramento Bee, such a nice name for a newspaper, the Sacramento Bee, <laughs> uh, yeah. that there could be some emotional issues experienced, which is also the understatement of the fucking century from the Sacramento Bee, because I think it's it's kind of inevitable that there'll be some emotional stress after you eat somebody's grandparents ashes in a cookie I would think so no, no, did, did, did the people know that they were eating it yes they one classmate it. yeah they knew it well they, did, they, they knew it afterwards but wait I'll get there well, one classmate Andy Knox told TV station KCRA I didn't believe her until she pulled out the urn she told me there's a special ingredient in the cookie I was kind of horrified Mr Doroshoff added that the motives behind the culinary crime were unknown but said the suspects were unlikely to be charged and the officers would leave it to the school to handle the issue, which is pretty fucking horrifying that putting somebody's ashes in food and feeding it to people isn't a crime. Yeah. Uh, He admitted that he was unaware as to whether baking human remains into food could be considered an actual crime, noting that it would probably take some legal debate to figure out it will not take legal debate to find out. It's a crime. It's 100% what, 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 a crime. Yeah, what would you think it is if it's not? Like, if Just, you think, I mean, what, 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 what do you think it is? Like, Heston Making somebody Brunthal, and, right, No, I, again, again, so, did everybody who ate a cookie know that they were eating somebody's gran? Uh, and, uh, I'll get there. Fucking calm down, I'll get there. Right. Because that, <laughs> they didn't know it's a crime. In a letter letter sent to parents, the head teacher said the pair were remorseful and it had become a personal family matter. So that's kind of all that article says. So I did some diving into like American news websites where you know you're going to get the fucking apeshit stuff. So it said, according to two Da Vinci students who spoke to the newspaper, the baker received a suspension and is now back at school. It's unclear whether her alleged accomplice was disciplined. Uh, Angelina Boggess, a senior at Da Vinci, told told us that the baker, a sophomore, offered her a cookie before first period, but she declined. She said she hasn't spoken to police or school officials about the cookies. You wonder why she's actually been interviewed with the fucking paper. She did say the cookies were grey and they didn't look like regular sugar cookies. She had that it didn't take long for the secret to come out. Everyone around her told me not to eat it and I thought it was inedible. I had it in my hand for a split second, then she said she'd put her grandpa's ashes in the cookie. More unsettling in the cookies, she said, was the demeanour of the student handing them out. The craziest part to me is that she seemed unfazed and was bragging about what she did, saying that his leg could be in one cookie with a big grin on her face. That's when I handed it back to her and was just in total disbelief. Now, this guy, this is the fucked up guy. (laughs) Another student, who asked not to be named, and you'll see why, said he knew what was in the cookies and ate one anyway. 
The cookie's texture was, quote, a bit too granulated. I don't think the ash incorporated too well. That's a fucking Heston film. This just said, but otherwise it tasted normal. Ash is ash. Doesn't matter where it comes from. It's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> ash is ash. Uh, and he said, if you ever ate sand as a kid, you know, you can kind of feel it crunching in between your teeth. So there was a little tiny bit of that. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking awful. The, the one guy that actually went, who's in this? Oh, your grandpa. Ah, fuck it, geese one. And still ate it. And then decided to give it a culinary creative fucking review. But, right, see, the, the question is, see, because it is ash, right, would, would do... Would you still feel weird about that, or would you like say if they said, "Oh, I ground up um, my dead gran, and this is like I've turned her muscles into meat, uh, into mince, and I've cooked it in this pie"? Have a bit. Would you be like, "Oh my god, that's proper cannibalism"? But if it's it's ash, is it no? Just it's not really cannibalism anymore, is it? Scott, if you lit a match and burnt it down to ashes and then put it in a cookie and fed me I'd be fucking raging <laughs> let alone actual ashes from a human being but um, thingy Keith Keith, uh, is it Keith Rogers he sniffed his own dad's ashes did he not? I, I don't know is that his name? Keith Rogers? Keith Richards? <laughs> Keith Richards Keith Richards <laughs> I don't know Keith Rogers might have done it though <laughs> uh, I think it's like a kind of urban myth. The best bit at the bottom of the article it was an advert for uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh yes. Which is awful target marketing because at no point during that article did I think, do you know what I want? A fucking donut. And or cookie. Aye, well you don't want cookies, so that's donuts is the perfect alternative. No, it made me not actually want to eat for a wee while because I think that's fucking wild. Who who sits there and thinks, oh, I know it'll be a laugh to prank my pals. I'm going to take Grandpa's ashes and just bake it into a cookie. It's kind of like, wh- what else do you do with them? You know, they just sit in the mantelpiece, like, forever. That, a much, much safer place for ashes than in your belly. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose, it's all right. Uh, have you watched anything this week? Uh, I have. What have I been watching? I finished The uh, Haunting of Hill House. Have you watched it yet? Uh, I have watched episode one. I know that out of everyone that's been watching it, you are currently, I'm not saying my opinion yet, you are currently the only person that doesn't like it. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. It's beautifully shot. There's a really, really good scene, maybe episode six or seven, I think. They're in a funeral home, and it is a very, very extended one take. Well, I believe it's a one take. And, and it's like, it's almost, I'll, I'll enjoy that kind of thing because it's, it's almost like a play where the actors need to know like a, a good, like, you know, 20 pages of dialogue and know exactly where they're supposed to be and move around outside the camera to get into the next shot, you know, but it's the same shot, but get into the next, you know, frame for when their next part comes up. And I always think that's a really, it's almost like a like a choreographed dance or a ballet. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. Like it, it flows nice yeah. and it's a really, really well done scene. Um, and, to, and I can see why like Stephen King gives it praise because there's a, there's a lot of kind of Stephen King-isms throughout it. But... In terms of, like, it's it's ten hours, it's ten episodes, all about an hour long, and you and you feel it. I feel it. It's 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 very very long. People are praising the actors, but you know the kid actors are annoying as fuck, and the adult actors are, are you know not a lot any better. It's directed by Mike Flanagan, so he's using all these characters again, all the same actors again, because the the mum is um, the woman from Gerald's Game. I can't remember her, na- her name offhand, but she's she's actually alright. She's a good actress and she's banging. But the one of the daughters, like the adult daughters, is the same woman from Hush, which she also directed. Yeah. 
So you, you find that you find that people they just all kind of work in wee groups together, things like that. I mean, that's not a criticism. That's just what I pointed. I, I noticed as I was watching it. However, there was um, three major jump scares. Um, one of them, like fully, gave me like like cold sweat all the way down my body. So that's like successfully carried out. But in terms of it being overwhelmingly creepy and scary throughout, no, it's more of a drama character study of this family rather than being scary. The the lassie from Hush is Mike Flanagan's wife. Oh, that'll be why then. Uh, and I only know that because I did watch The Haunting Hill House. I'm only on episode one because I seen that you weren't a fan of it. It made me want to like it even more, just out of like, just <laughs> in a, a wee bitterness bitchy way. But after the first episode, I was not impressed. I thought the the majority of the acting was fucking awful. Aye. Like the, the the main guy, I, I, him that uh, he's in Game of Thrones. He replaces Daenerys' boyfriend. I don't know. I'm not that far in. Yeah, uh, well, he does, okay. <laughs> and he's not. I don't think he's a good actor. Well, he's not a bad actor, and this I don't think he's he's good at all. He, he, he's not believable. A lot of it's kind of ham-fisted in a way. Mm-hmm. I have high hopes for episode two, so I'm still going to keep watching it because I really want to like it. Just like you said, that it's shot brilliantly, yeah. and I like the little kind of ghosts in the background and stuff that they've put in. Mm-hmm. But after the first episode, I was uh, it's left a lot to be desired. Uh, it, it it takes a while to get through it. You really need to push through to get through it. But I mean, it's it's worth it to get under your belt. But it's not, you know, like I, I, somebody was talking about it and worked through the night. They're saying that obviously they've seen that Buzzfeed article or whatever it was. It said it's the scariest thing in the world. People are being sick and can't sleep. And you read the article, and it's they've literally just put uh, took screenshots of people's daft like carry on Twitter like comments about it and saying it's yeah. real. Oh my god, that's so scary! I've been awake for days. People cannot sleep forever after watching Haunting of Hill House. You're like, don't take people's sarcastic Twitter comments <laughs> and try and pass them off as like real life fact that people were being sick and passing out watching this movie. Do you know what I mean? This TV show. But you need to you need to fully pursue to get through it. And like I say, there's there's some merit in it, but it's not scary at all in the slightest. I'll give it episode two again if I'm still not convinced. After episode two, I'll I'll sack the full thing. Lena enjoyed it. Lena really enjoyed episode one. And I say I know a lot of other people are. It's just I think there's something it's something in the kind of ham-fisted acting and dialogue that I'm not getting. The, the somebody I read somebody's review of it and they said that episode eight had left them speechless. Um, and they they they'd written it as if it was a twist. So I was waiting for this twist. But what it was was a jump scare because that's the only thing that happens in it that I can imagine they were talking about. But yeah, see if you're fully immersed in that episode, that jump scare fucking gets you fully, knocks you. I was watching it. Uh, and work so it was in a night shift so um, it was just me in the room because the way that my ward's set up just now we, the three staff are all separate um, so I was just sitting myself in a pitch black room watching it on my iPad and I fucking shot myself honestly <laughs> because let me tell you the now before we either go back to this or not but my ward's haunted and uh, Lauren told me about it yesterday she was she was in night shift last week as well so she was the night shift coordinator because she's technically my boss right so what yeah. that means is she needs to go into the six wards in our directorate um, and just make sure everything's okay. So she comes round, she was coming round at 12 o'clock, she comes round at the start of the shift and comes round at the end of the shift. So she's walking around the hospital grounds. She was coming up the back of my ward so she can see the, the, the window, which is our treatment room. And she was walking up and she's in the light was on. She said she saw a tall man in the room wearing a kind of blue jacket, uh, but the window curtain was down just enough that she couldn't see his face. 
and she said she got closer he moved towards the window now the way it's all set up if you're in there like dealing with a patient that's a strange place to move to but she thought it must just be me she thought it must be my scot in there um, weighing himself because that's what I do the scales are next to the window that's where I jump them on well, is that what you do at work? Just every so often, just go in a random room and weigh yourself? Once a shift, that's how I keep an eye on my weight. So that's what, she, that's what she assumed I was doing because she knows where the scales are in terms of the person's walking towards the window. So she came round to the front of the, 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 the ward and she was going to go over the other side of the car park to the, a different ward before she came into mine. But she thought, well, what's Scott's in the treatment room and one of the patients has got up at night and he's acting the goat or they're needing some assistance or help or whatever because one of her patients is like try and make yourself ill so he can get put in a general hospital which causes havoc for everybody because you need to send two staff whatever so she thought I'll go in and just make sure everyone's okay and she came in and at that point I was up on doing one of the checks that was up the top end of the car the full other end of the ward and I was on the two hour stint so I was there from 12 till 2 12am to 2am so she came in at 25 past 12 there was no way I was in that treatment room and I'm the only male on and all the patients in bed she said and she said to me she after full on seen a man in that room I was like, oh, she didn't tell me, she told me the next day. See, if you told me that tight that night, I'd have, been, I'd have loved it and I'd have shite myself all night. And it's not <laughs> the first time there's been creepy stories about that word. Like, there's been other things that's happened, but it's been a while since I've seen anything else. But So I can't wait to go into work tomorrow night and just uh, shake myself. <laughs> so you, you definitely know that it was no patients could get up and weigh themselves? Oh, no, 100%. That room's locked. I'm the only person that's got a key for it. And I'm sitting up the other end of the corridor. What if it's see all the weight that you've lost? What if it's just, <laughs> just yeah, a secondary body like that's just my fat just hanging about in the treatment room? <laughs> just waiting for you to start <laughs> eating cakes so you can you can morph back into you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is quite freaky. I right. don't believe it because I don't. I'd love to believe in ghosts and I'd love to see one, but I don't. No, I, I'm, I'm very sceptical, but I do I do believe like some of these stories of people who are telling me these stories who I believe wouldn't make them up. Yeah. Is there like, cameras in the ward? Uh, no. Uh, maybe that's what you need to do. Set up hidden cameras all over the ward. It'll be fine. No deal to say anything. Just set up <laughs> hidden cameras and just it means we can then find this ghost. It's uh, there's definitely there's, it's definitely haunted. But I'll keep an eye. I'll see if I'll see if anything happens in the next couple of shifts. And obviously it won't because it seems to be like months and years apart before anybody sees one small wee tiny thing. But I'll keep an eye out and I'll, I'll keep you updated if anything any else scary happens. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched anything else? Um, I am in the middle of watching the second season of Big Mouth, which is okay. It's not as good as the first season, but I do like still like the um, meta kind of parts that they speak out to the audience sometimes, break the fourth wall. I don't know if you've been watching it. I have been watching it, yep. And there's an episode that uh, is all based on Coach Steve, and Coach Steve gets the, to sing the opening credits, like the um, Going Through Changes song. And then obviously Netflix comes up and gives you the option to skip credits. So I clicked it, skip credits, and it jumps to the end and Coach Steve comes down the screen and says, oh, you just skipped through the credits, didn't you? Don't worry, it's okay if you did. <laughs> that's, that's so, it's just, they, they know fine well exactly the, the viewing habits of everybody that's watching it. Uh, it is quite good. It's not as good as the first one, but it is still quite, quite funny. Aye, I, I have been enjoying it as well. It's been decent. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about though is um, we were given a screener to a short film. I don't know if you got around to watching it. Liam. I I did. I watched it today. Well, it is called. Um, no, I'm going to probably mess this up. It's uh, it's 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 made by a guy, Marcus Codus, and he is a Parag- Paraguayan Canadian, right? Um, so the movie is called Curusu Serapio 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 something like that. Does that do. I- 
my my Paraguayan Canadian is very very uh, rusty, so I'm right, not so actually sure. Parag- Paraguayan Canadian, Curusu Sarapoe. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the synopsis of this short movie is: Chris is a young man who enjoys a life of luxury, both economical and of the heart. However, his friends Layla and Alex will need to solve the mystery of his sudden disappearance after Chris decided to end a romantic relationship for questionable reasons. This is it's only about I think it is about six minutes long. Yeah, it's like six minutes forty or some shit like that. And it's it's the the, the director I found out about this because the director had um, talked about it in the Blue Witch uh, Facebook group. And Which said explains was... so much, by the way. <laughs> It, it, it says uh, he had said how he was inspired by the Blair Witch when he was writing and making this this uh, movie. Um, now it's it it takes the form of half found footage and half standard narrative, uh, and it, it's it cuts off. I think it starts on day four, and what it gives you is it gives you the the end of Chris and um, his girlfriend's relationship. He's talking to uh, his friend. Uh, is it Alex? I forget. I forget the name. Sorry, um, yeah, Alex. So he's, he's you see him beginning telling Alex that he doesn't fancy his girlfriend anymore. He's going to break up with her, and then it cuts to the next day. And it's very short. Each day is only gives you enough information before it jumps to the next day because obviously it's only a short film. Um, and it just like I say, it just gives you enough information to, to follow the narrative along. Uh, he dumps the girl. The next day, he finds um, kind of witchcrafty sticks and stones laid out on his porch, and he messes about them the next day. Uh, he goes missing, and then the rest of the film is is based on uh, Alex and, and Leila trying to find him, trying to find Chris, and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and I think it, I think it really does work as a as a week in a short film. It, it follows it through. The end gets the it is like a proper Blue Witch at the end. The found footage when they actually find what's going on. And I'm not going to spoil it because it's 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 quite well done, I think. Um, and then the very end, it jumps you back to day one, which gives you a almost a twist. To what's been going on, or it lets you then watch it again, watch the six minutes again, and see it completely differently because you know something more about the characters involved that you can watch it again and and see that all those wee parts are were already in it without even kind of realizing the first time round. So I think it is very well done. I think it's very well shot, very interesting, very well put together. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I think that there, there potentially could be a feature length in there. I don't know if he's if he's got one, if that's the intentions of uh, the director or not, but. Uh, I, I fully, fully enjoyed uh, watching that short film, and I will, certainly when it's up for f- like screening or free screening once it's finished, all well, the, the festival runs, we'll, we'll, we can uh, get a link to let everybody get a, get a look at it. But I certainly enjoyed it. I don't know what you thought. Liam? I, I wasn't too keen on it, but I don't like the Blair Witch. I feel <laughs> it was very Blair Witch. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't feel it was much like Mr. Jones. Uh, there was. I felt it went. And it's, a, it's an unfair criticism because it is a short film. I felt it went too quick. It was like one scene day four, one scene uh, day six, one scene day seven. It like it went through time too quickly, so they fit like two weeks into six minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, you could probably have done the story in like a week and have it maybe a day a minute. I I, I think it was just too big a time scale to try fit into such a short a short duration uh, of a short but yeah. it was like you say it was shot well but it just it wasn't my cup of tea but that's fair those things aren't what is my cup of tea though and I've been actually itching to talk to you or anybody about this because I wasted like an hour I say I wasted I think it was worth it but I think 95% of people think it was wasted it was a movie I found on Amazon Prime 
and it's called Arise the Subgenius video. Have you ever heard of it? I've never heard of it. Right, I'll read just the, the IMDb synopsis because it's on IMDb, so it's not that fucking zany and weird. A brain-crushing collage of music and video presented in the form of a religious recruitment video. The topics covered in deadpan narration are basic psychology, the origin of the human race, spiritualism, religious dogma, UFOs, the end of the world, and the group's figurehead, J.R. Bob Dobbs. This movie was fucking wild. It was from 1992, and it was cut like like an early 90s MTV video where it's like kind of slightly psychedelic they just cut into B-movies and cut into clips from things as somebody who's meant to be like the kind of the leader of the well one of the authority figures in this kind of religious cult just narrating like, like a kind of like if you were going into this cult this is what they would show you the video right. like to, to indoctrinate you into the cult it was fucking weird it's a but it says comedy, and I think it was like a co- an improv comedy group started this in like in the nineties about this religion, and it's they've got this kind of fifties cartoon of Bob, he's smoking a pipe, and it's it's basically there. See the way Obey have got Andre the Giant, like the kind of Andre the Giant head, yeah, yeah, and all the designs. This is this would work excellently as something like that. So it's this head, and that's Bob. And what is is Bob was a really good salesman. And then aliens visited Bob and kind of like showed him the way of uh, slack. And it's to like gain slack. We've all got it, but what the like work and the the people in charge of government and stuff take slack from us every day by making his work for money or making his like do things. So slack is basically like you can get money and you can get the power and you can get the wealth by doing nothing by just sitting doing what you want you have leisure time it's just it's a joke thing but it was that way that i was so engrossed in this that i couldn't stop watching it i think everybody else would put it on and like after five minutes go that's all the shit and turn it off but i was fascinated by it like it was just so fucking weird and like they'd really thought about everything in this made up religion and cult and I think it's well worth a watch but don't hate me if you think it's shit and it's available on Amazon Prime and do you, so you think it do you think it's worth it or do you think people just should just witness it I think it's like trash humpers and the way that you're probably better off not knowing it exists but now that I've brought it to your attention you kind of need to see it <laughs> or at least watch a bit of it to it. it's fucking zany it's a part of it could be like a very early days Mighty Bush but right. I was never a Mighty Bush fan it's you'll de- a million percent you'll hate this but right. I think you should still watch five or ten minutes of it just to see what I'm talking about it, it hooked me it was I can't believe like try to put my head into the the head of someone who has sat and made a movie for an hour and twenty odd minutes like this like really kind of bad animation so obviously it was the very early days of computers all trippy like as if as if you're on like fucking acid and learning about this character and they've just superimposed this kind of 50s cartoon face on like people with Richard Nixon and shit like that and it's just weird but I think it has to be seen 
free to then go right now that's all that's all the shit or like me you just go I need to watch this to the end I need to actually just see what this is about it's got a full Wikipedia page the website's still alive you can buy like t-shirts and shit like that but at the very end of the credits and it might it's not really a spoiler because you could probably read about it it kind of cuts to somebody who says like well if Jim Jones could get like the 900 people to drink a Kool-Aid and kill themselves we thought it'd be quite cool to try it 900 people just to send us a dollar so I think that was the whole concept of the, the kind of comedy thing just to get like donate a dollar and you, you can be free and you can get slack so folk would be like alright fuck it for a laugh and would send the dollar I think you make money and if that is actually what it was about that's that's fucking genius and I applaud them and it does say now that the donations are up to like $30 so you can get t-shirts and stuff which is obviously <laughs> a fucking rip off but it's really it was just one of those weird obscure things that I found in Amazon and then I couldn't stop watching it I got Lena to come in and I was like look at this so she was eating her breakfast and she was watching it and I was like I can't stop she went you should finish watching it she went, but it's not something that I want to spend any time on and she left <laughs> <laughs> so okay, wait, it's called so Ar- what's it called? Arise uh, the, the sub genius video Arise the sub genius video okay uh, and it's it's strange I'll, I'll put the link up and I'll put I could if there's a trailer I'll put the trailer in this episode so you'll have heard the trailer by now or you'll hear it now and if not I'll put the link in the group if anybody wants to watch it just message me and I'll send you the link because it's it's a weird one what the hell do you think you're doing dragging your butt through the day selling body and soul to a bunch of bland normals acting stupid so they'll think you're one of them tired of getting all of the guilt but none of the sex there is a simple answer dear friend a glowing beacon of slack amidst the turmoil and darkness it's J.R. Bob Dobbs the living slack master in his church of the subgenius Bob brings a new destiny for the abnormal for Bob comes to justify our sins to unmask the conspiracy and to get us back the slack they stole away it's us versus them are you gonna fry in hell on earth alongside the pink boys or will you pull the wool over your own eyes and accept Bob into your mind repent Quit your job, slack off, and praise Bob! Church of the Subgenius, eternal salvation, or triple your money back. I'll give it. I'll give it maybe five to seven minutes, and if I'm not hooked, then I won't. I won't finish it. It's that way that I know you won't enjoy it or get it. Not that there is anything yet. I know you won't. I don't think it's your type of humour and stuff. That's why I'm not going to do a full episode on it because I think it would just be like twenty minutes of you going, "This is a load of fucking pish." Uh, but not in a funny way. Like you probably just get wound up by it. But yeah, check it out. I will. I will do. Uh, so we are going to be back next week if all yeah. goes well. All goes well. And it's your pick. My pick again, and I'm probably going against everything I stand for. However, that doesn't mean to say that I will enjoy the film that I have picked. But I just think that it should be discussed. Right. Okay. I look forward to it. I know what it is, and I think it's a very good movie, and I, oh. I'm glad you picked it. <laughs> um, yeah, so as always, you can find us online. Uh, if you're listening to us right now, then you've also found us in either iTunes uh, or SoundCloud. 
Um, sorry, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Let's get this right. Let's uh, tell the people exactly where to find us. Don't be stuck in the past, Scott. Jesus. Um, you can also find us uh, talking, interacting on a regular basis on Facebook at our Facebook group. So if you search Scott and Liam versus Evil, uh, you'll find us. We're also on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus, and you can also get us on Instagram at Scott and Liam versus Evil. We're interacting back and forth on all those platforms. And if you want to speak to us, then great. And if you don't, then don't. Just keep listening to us. But what you can do for us, if you haven't already, is go on to Apple Podcasts and rate our podcast five stars. Give us a good review. Tell people why they should be listening and it will really help us out and it will help um, us feel good about ourselves because we just really want that, you know, validity. That is truly what this is about. It is. Just, just life validity. If you have already given us a review, thanks very much. But you do know that you can also subscribe to iTunes again with a different uh, email address as many email addresses as you want they don't even have to be real and you can give as many reviews as you want I'm not saying do it it would probably take up a lot of time but we'd appreciate it <laughs> and if all goes well and we become the most consistent podcast in the world which we are striving for then we will see you guys next week <laughs> peace out peace out